The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, and it's another beautiful day here. I urge you to go to the self-improvement blog and take a look at what we have there. You can learn more about today's guest, about Dr. Savage, about his book. There's a couple of articles about the healing powers of love um, and all kinds of other good stuff. So, you know, take a look at the self-improvement blog uh, as you listen to the show. Most of you are used to doing more than one thing at once anyway. You know, we all now and then have to go to a doctor. My primary care physician has a clinic. I've been going there for seven years now, and I rarely see the doctor. I'm okay with that. I I usually see the nurse practitioner. When I do see a doctor, it's a pretty fast in-and-out visit. You know, they ask me questions, usually hardly ever examine me, but usually they don't have time really to answer, um, to listen to my answers or, or, you know, really go into what I'm there for. You know, they rely more on all the tests they do, the, you know, all the grams and the blood work and all the things that they have now at their disposal to make a diagnosis. You know, the sad thing is that this is not unusual. It's more the norm than something, um, that we're that we're not used to, but there are physicians who are different. One of these is Dr. Lester Savage. He's a pioneering, world-renowned heart surgeon in Seattle. He's responsible for many, many of the advances we've seen in open heart surgery. But it isn't his amazing technical ability or his skill as a surgeon that makes him such a remarkable doctor. It's his loving heart. Dr. Savage has written Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love, a healer's testament to health, happiness, and compassion. And I really encourage you to get this book. It's not like anything else I read. Today, as I was getting ready for the show, I picked up the book, It was just lying on my desk here, randomly opened it, and this is what I read. Pay attention. Life is a form of prayer in which we communicate with God 
simply by existing. Life is a form of prayer in which we communicate with God simply by existing. How profound is that? I believe Dr. Savage's whole life is most certainly a prayer. During his long cardiovascular surgical career, he distinguished himself in ways rarely seen in medical professionals. He, he not only made great advances in the type of surgery he did in heart surgery, he appealed to the most human aspects of healing. He cared for the whole person, truly the whole person. He valued and respected each individual's spiritual needs and recognized the important role a healthy soul can play in healing the heart. Dr. Savage is retired now and has an illness that makes it difficult for him to speak. Eli Chiaviello, co-editor of his book, will tell us more about this remarkable man and continue his own compelling story serving as Dr. Savage's right-hand man. Eli was with us in May, and the story was so wonderful. I wanted him to come back and tell us more about Dr. Savage as well as about himself. A native San Franciscan, Eli Chiaviello grew up in Ohio, where he attended Ohio State University before he returned to California. An administrative professional for over 20 years, Eli has also worked in information technology, copy editing, and biomedical research. For the past 15 years, he has been assistant to Dr. Lester Savage and is co-editor of Dr. Savage's book, Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love. It's such a pleasure to welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show, Eli Chiaviello. Eli, welcome back. Thank you, Irene. It's a pleasure to be back with you. If you come back again, my introduction will probably be 20 minutes long. I don't know how, <laughs> yeah, how, how it continues to grow, except, you know, the more I know of Dr. Savage, the more I'm fascinated with his life and his work. And, and you're the expert who can tell us about both of those. But before we really get into it, you know, for the listeners who didn't hear you the first time, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Irene. Um, I uh, decided uh, about 20-some years ago that uh, I didn't need to continue uh, my college education and accrue massive debt as I was already working and paying uh, paying my own way and, and covering all my expenses. So I, I remained an administrative uh, administrative professional, uh, administrative assistant, um, what have you, uh, clerical work. Uh, I did all sorts of temporary jobs uh, as administrative um, in the administrative field. And then uh, 15 years ago, in April of 1998, I got my last temporary job, which was a three-day assignment working for the Hope Heart Institute. Um, and I found a, a, a dramatic shift in my perspective coming from uh, five or six years as a temporary office worker uh, meeting and working for Lester Savage, who is a, a surgeon who's never spent any moment of his life doing anything 
that he did not think was important and significant and meaningful. Um, and that, that really turned around my life, uh, and my three-day assignment there has lasted 15 years so far. <laughs> and it's still temporary? <laughs> right. Did you go to work specifically for Dr. Savage there, or did you go to work for the, the Institute? Well, it is for the Institute uh, doing whatever uh, whatever spillover administrative tasks they had. Um, but those tasks essentially brought me into contact with Dr. Savage. Most of them were supporting him. And uh, over the course of uh, a year or two, um, I became indispensable to Dr. Savage. Uh, he grew to uh, rely on me and trust me, and that's where, uh, as the years went by, the task that I was doing specifically for or for, for the Institute as a whole diminished, and, and my focus shift increased with Dr. Savage uh, specifically. What were your first impressions of this man? Because he's, he comes across in the book as such a loving being, and so totally, uh, I, I guess I want to say, in a state of compassion for his patients. They, they really are as much friends, it seems, as patients. What was it like to be introduced to a man like this? Well, I didn't, I didn't really, uh, perhaps I didn't appreciate it fully uh, as much as I could have uh, at first. Um, he struck me as, because I, I thought I was on the temp assignment, uh, he struck me as being uh, very intense and, and focused and driven, um, he was always at his desk in a tiny little cubicle in, in, at one end of the building. He didn't, he didn't have a big office at all. He just sat in a tiny little cubicle. He was always there when I arrived in the morning, and he was, he was there when I left at night. Um, so I, I thought perhaps he lived there. <laughs> he probably did to do all that he did. He probably did almost live there. What What was the word around the place about Doctor Savage? Was he? So you know, I've worked, I've been in a hospital most of my life because I have a background in nursing, and we all had our own take on how different doctors were. We saw some that were very intense. We saw some that we thought weren't intense enough. There were those that we respected so much we wanted everything to be perfect. And there were some that we feared because, you know, their tempers were so hot that if everything wasn't perfect, everybody got blasted. Uh, we, we, you know, all had our own little biography of the different doctors. So, you know, what was the word on the street about Dr. Savage? Well, he worked, he, he spent his entire uh, uh, career at... Uh, uh, Providence Hospital, Providence, which then became Providence Seattle Medical Center. Um, and now, uh, about 10 or 11 years ago, it was uh, uh, absorbed into the Swedish healthcare system. Um, but any anybody that you would talk to at Providence uh, who worked there when he did, which he retired at the end of 91, um, anybody that, that, that remembers him when he was caring for patients, uh, 
they all thought of him and talked about him as Saint Savage. That's how he was known uh, to the nursing staff and his colleagues who would often find him uh, after he'd finished his uh, his duties, you know, his indicated duties as a surgeon. At the end of the day, he would go and sit in a, a patient's room and, and just sit there and be there with them while they were asleep, um, just watching to make sure that nothing adverse happened or that if anything did, that he would be there and be ready. Uh, and that was typical of him. In the in the one of the stories in uh, Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love, one of the chapters is the biography of his patient Joe Forgione, who, when he woke up after his heart surgery, found Doctor Savage sitting there, uh, rubbing his feet to get the circulation back into his extremities, and then uh, as Joe woke up, he Doctor Savage washed his hair and then brought his family in. That's a remarkable story. I was going. To, I really wanted you to tell that story, uh, and now you have. I, I, and I think the beginning of the story is even perhaps more important because Joe was terrified. You know, he was scheduled for surgery in New York, and the doctor was really very impersonal, which frightened him more. Yeah, Joe was in a in, in a very bad place uh, physically. And and spiritually, he uh, he was he was terrified his whole life uh, that after seeing his father die of heart disease at a, at a very young age, uh, he was terrified of heart disease his whole life, and he's also terrified of uh, being poor as he grew up in poverty, um, and it, it ended up uh, he overcame. You know, he was driven enough to to work hard enough uh, with such dedication that he overcame poverty uh, quite significantly and impressively. Uh, but his heart his heart plagued him. Um, he he had a, a serious physical problems uh, that needed surgical care, and he he wasn't spiritually prepared to, to take the measures that he needed to take to take care of himself. Um, and so when he encountered a surgeon who was rather impersonal and treated him like a malfunctioning part rather than a whole person, it, it didn't help him in his effort to take care of himself for the sake of his family. And on that note, it's time for us to go to break, but I want to hear more about Joe's story when we come back. This is Irene Conlon. Say stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paula Joy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America 
and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. Joining Paul as co-host is radio personality Kim Reed, an experienced entrepreneur and corporate leader who's known as the Corporatepreneur. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon. Today we have with us Eli Chia Viello, who is an, uh, the right hand man of Dr. Lester Savage, who's a world renowned heart surgeon, but more than that, he's just an amazing human being. We were talking about one of the stories in his book called Joe's Story, and I'd like to continue with that because it really shows you what kind of a man and what kind of a doctor Dr. Lester Savage is. Um, you know, we have, we have Joe who has a heart problem, who's terrified. Um, he's already walked out on one doctor the day or so before his surgery. He's on a plane going to Seattle, and when he got off the plane, I was as shocked as he was. You know, tell us about Joe and how he met at the airport. Well, Joe, uh, to go back a, a, a few weeks before that, uh, Joe's first contact with Dr. Savage was by phone. And Dr. Savage called him up uh, late in the evening and asked him, Joe, do you believe in God? And Joe said he didn't know, and Dr. Strauss said, well, thank you for answering my question. Now, we need to get you care. And so they, so Joe and his family came to Seattle where, to, for Dr. Savage to perform surgery on him, and he was stunned. They were stunned when Dr. Savage and his assistant met him at the airport. 
I mean, who ever heard of that? No. Uh, Dr. Suraj showed up at the airport wearing his scrubs and uh, surgical scrubs, and uh, his assistant took care of the family, got them settled, uh, got the the, ch- the children thought they were on a vacation uh, because Dr. Suraj's assistant Joan uh, took them out uh, around Seattle to see the sites, and at that point. When he saw Dr. Savage at the airport, Joe knew that he had come to the right man. I mean, that is just that is just so unusual. And and I, I doubt if Dr. Savage met everybody at the airport, but somehow he knew that Joe needed this. Yes. Uh, because Joe was so frightened. They weren't sure he would even make the pl- make it through the plane flight, as I recall. He was so ill. And afraid. Yes. And I think uh, the the biggest part of that was, was his fear, his, his malaise and, and his uh, nervousness about uh, confronting the disease that had killed his father. Right. And, and I would assume that Joe was still going strong these days. Oh, yeah. He, he runs, uh, I think, uh, six miles a day, something like that. And um, he has a, a son who is in medical school now uh, who was conceived after his surgery. Oh, how fantastic is that? That's amazing. Did they name him Lester? <laughs> no. Uh, Joe uh, initially wanted to, I, I think he considered naming naming his son after Dr. Savage, but uh, Dr. Savage convinced him that uh <laughs> To, to, Nick, to make him a junior. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, with this kind of background, um, you know, he had already given so much. What made him want to write this book? Well, that's the, the, his whole life. Dr. Savage's whole life and his approach to, to life and to living is love and compassion for for the rest of humanity the motto of of the hope heart institute uh for 50 years uh, has been serving god by serving humanity um dr savage's faith tells him that the best the best thing he can do for god is to serve other humans um which essentially is is what jesus christ said in, in most of his teachings. Um, and having, having retired from clinical practice and done everything that he could uh, to provide medical care for all of his patients throughout his career, uh, Dr. Suraj is not ready to sit back. Uh, he's not the sort of person who can easily just relax and, and not be driven to to complete a mission. And for him, that mission is helping as many people as he can uh, to live happier and healthier lives. And so the the purpose of Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love, uh, just as with his entire career in medicine, is to help as many people as possible, to improve their lives, show them how they can be happy, healthy, and and vibrant, and live 
better lives than perhaps they were living already. And and I'm sure that everyone came away from their experience with Dr. Savage much more much better equipped to live a happy, fulfilled life. I mean, it, I mean, he's very direct in telling them what they need to do, and um, yeah, you got to love that. What was your role in this book? What did you do with the book? Well, for the first couple of years, uh, and it's it's been about four years or so that I've that we've been working on it. The first couple of years, Dr. Savage would give me a chapter, uh, handwritten, more or less, um, and then I would go through it and uh, type it up, uh, or when we're working with type drafts, I would, I would review it and find any mistakes that were in it, uh, I mean, copy editing type mistakes, um, see if there was any place where I could uh, improve the narrative or the prose at all, and I would give the chapter back to him, and then he would take it and go through my my edits and revise it and give it back to me, and we would pass the chapters back and forth, uh, I think it, it probably about ten times each for each chapter. Um, I, I hope that... As a as a physician, his handwriting for you was better than what they do on a prescription pad. Uh, yes, but not much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling really sorry for you when I get the idea of you having to read these manuscripts and make some sense out of them. Oh yeah, get get them in the computer. But um, yes, uh, so I mean, I it, it took me some time to uh, to learn to read his writing, but. Uh, I, I imagine that I'm probably one of the best people in the world at reading his handwriting now. Oh, I would think so. Um, you know, if, if you had to take some serious criticism to you, I don't to him, and I don't know whether you did or not. But you know, was he fairly amenable to making changes that needed to be changed? Is he okay with that? Yes. Uh, well, he was he was open to discussing it always. Um, and he was always very respectful of my opinions, even when he absolutely disagreed with me. Uh, he would listen to what I had to say. And most of the time, he would, he would implement what I said, even if he disagreed with it to one degree or another, he would implement it to some extent. Uh, there have been times over the last 15 years when we've knocked heads together because I am almost as stubborn as he can be. Um, and so uh, we've had a, we've had a few disagreements on his work that eventually were, were resolved by me saying, Look, sir, this is this is your work, and I'll I'll do whatever you want. I just have to give you the best advice that I can give you. I love it. Well, it's almost time for a break, but before we go to break, tell people how they can find this book and how they can find more about Doctor Savage. What are the websites? You know, uh, our our website is uh, BetterLifePress.net, and the book is available. Uh, for purchase directly from us through that website. It's also available through Amazon.com. Is it in a Kindle version? Can people get a Kindle? 
We've been having some difficulty with that, so we don't we don't have an uh, ebook version available yet. Uh, apparently, there are some is- the the people that make ebooks uh, don't have a really good way to deal with footnotes, which are oh, I hadn't thought about that. littered throughout throughout the entire work. Yeah, I just thought for an ebook, you threw a few links in it and it was good to go. But it's a very different process. And you, know, you really have to know what what you're doing to get a book ready for for being an an ebook. Uh, total surprise to me, but um, you know, if at some time you can get it there, and I I see the problem. Um, a lot of people are going that way, and as many people as possibly can should read this book. This is a remarkable book from a man who basically tried to speak only the truth um, and give it give you meaning in in what he did. He, he talked about some very deep, meaningful issues in this book um, that give people some meat to chew on, some mental and spiritual meat to chew on. He talks, for instance, about the purpose of life. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about what he has to say. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Eli Chia Viello, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Is there a real magic formula for success or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com.
are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. Today we're talking to Eli Chiaviello about Dr. Lester Savage, a world-renowned heart surgeon who's now retired and has written an amazing book called Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love. Dr. Savage dealt with some very deep spiritual issues in this book. And, and let me say this. He, he was a devoted Catholic, a devout Catholic, but this book can be read by anybody, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But right now I want to talk about how he viewed the purpose of life. What does he say about life's purpose, Eli? It's, it's simple. The, the purpose of life, according to Dr. Savage, is to be happy. Uh, that's, that's the one thing that, that uh, each and every one of us can fulfill, uh, is, is being happy. There's a wonderful Sufi poet called Rumi who wrote, uh, the soul is here for its own joy. Is that the kind of happiness he meant? Well, I think so, or possibly uh, the joy of others. What does he say about how we can attain this happiness? Well, you know, if he says that's what we're here for, how do we get there? It's, it's, it's easy, really. Um, I mean, it, it's almost disappointingly simple. Somebody once, once told that, said that to me. It, by treating other people with kindness and compassion, essentially by treating other people with love, we will become happy. And I, I am confident that, that that simple formula can work for everyone. Did you come with that philosophy to, when you started working with Dr. Savage? No. No, I, 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 I didn't, I, honestly, I didn't, Irene, I didn't even aspire to happiness. Um, I, w- I was depressed for probably eight years or so before I got uh, uh, psychiatric treatment, um, which addressed my, my brain chemistry and, and the, the problems that I had processing neurotransmitters, uh, but it didn't address my my philosophical and spiritual problems, which perhaps led to the neurochemical problems, um, I, I I didn't think that happiness was something that uh, I, I didn't realize that it was my birthright. I didn't realize it was something that I absolutely was entitled to, and even more that I was ab- absolutely capable of achieving. When did you begin to realize that? Was this through Dr. Savage's work? Absolutely. Uh, I was talking earlier about the endless, uh, editing, or seemingly endless editing process that, that Dr. Savage and I had for his chapters before I brought in my co-editor, um, where, where we would just pass the chapters back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, after I'd been doing that for maybe a year and a half uh approaching 
the the work simply as a, a job assignment, something I, I had to do to pay my rent. Um, it occurred to me that, well, what did I, what did I have to lose by trying Dr. Survisor's advice? Nothing. I mean, if I simply look for chances to help other people and and develop a sense of connection with other people, uh, what could I lose? Nothing. So I, I tried it, and I I was stunned, amazed by how effective how effective it the formula really is. Can you remember some of those early attempts to help other people and, and what it did for you? No, I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. It's all over, but to some of them are as simple as, as looking, uh, as keeping my eyes open for someone on, when I'm walking down the street for somebody who's not smiling or seems to be having a bad day. And trying to make eye contact with them and, and giving my smile to them. And you sometimes that can be huge. And it, and it works far more often than, than you would ever believe. Well, you, sometimes people it. look away, but most of the time they respond with a smile. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then little things like keeping my eyes open, trying to, trying to remember whenever I go through a door to be aware of what's around me. Is somebody else following me? Maybe I can open the door for them and go through after. Tiny things like that. Little random acts of kindness. And the, and the more you look, the, the more such opportunities present, will present themselves to you. Can, can you describe how it made you feel when you began to do that? Can you, can you remember the shift in you? I, I can't describe it as well as Dr. Savage describes it, which is that the peace of mind, uh, serenity of soul, and exhilaration of spirit. It really felt, um, it really felt like I was connecting with other humans much more deeply, even when the acts were superficial and, and ephemeral and gone in a flash. Just the the fact that I was being aware of other people around me and making an effort, however small, to do whatever tiny thing was in my power to do to improve their day, even just one iota, it, it really impacted me as it, mostly in a sense of connectedness, um, which had been missing in my life, a sense that everybody I meet on the street and everybody I don't meet, we're all part of one big group. And that, that includes me and includes you and includes everybody, whether you're aware of it or not. But becoming aware of it and focusing on that awareness of, of my connectedness to everybody else made life much more satisfying to me. You know, if it's true that helping other people gives us happiness, brings us peace, and, and I agree with that, why are so many people unhappy? There was, well, there's everybody. Everybody's pain has its own source. Um, there, in general, 
and, and I, I wouldn't dream of, of trying to address all the reasons for each person's individual pains that they, they suffer. But in my, in my experience, usually there, there are things that prevent us from making that step and making that effort to treat other people with love. And usually it's, it's a, sort of a short-sightedness, perhaps. Um, it can be scary to open up to other people. Uh, it, can, it can mean sacrificing your own pride. Um, and often people aren't aware uh, of just how richly rewarding it can be to overcome your fear of being of smiling at a stranger or your sense of pride at wanting to be the first person through the door or at the front of the line. Um, Many people don't, I I think that's what gets in the way with a lot of people uh, finding the happiness that they're entitled to is, is not having the awareness of how, easy it is and how rewarding it is to overcome our your insecurities and our own personal problems or or neuroses or hang-ups or whatever it is that caught that that keeps us from treating other people with love That's the, you know, that's tall order, but you're absolutely right. And fear of rejection is another one. What if I do this and you know they don't like me back or they don't smile back? Well, yeah. you know, so what? I mean, there's there's so there's uh, we're we're so social. Uh, humans are are eminently social creatures, and. It's so important for us to connect with other people that it can be scary when we risk trying to make that connection and failing. You know, it's interesting. Dr. Savage has given a list of commitments that, that he uses. You know, every day he says, I commit myself to the following choices, and he has 10 of them. Are, are you fam- you you you're familiar with this list that I'm I'm looking at? Yes. Anyway, and he says, "I give myself without reservation." Now that's big, without reservation to benefit those in need. This is the basis of true love. Um, that that must have had an impact on you when you got to this chapter. Oh yeah. Um. But it, by that by that point, I I I was already a a convert. You were hooked, huh? I mean, and by, and when I say convert, I don't mean that that I, I'm Catholic or Let's talk or even about that. Christian or or even uh, a theist. Um, I I mean, because the ideas that Doctor Savage is talking about in in this book are they go beyond. Religion. I mean, they go beyond Christianity, beyond religion. I think they even go beyond uh, a sense of, of spirit. Um, I feel that they're tied up with spirit, but I don't think I, I didn't. I wasn't a spiritual person when I first began tr- trying to take the advice that Dr. Savage gave. 
And I don't think that you need to be necessarily uh, consider yourself spiritual or religious uh, to recognize that there's connections between your, between yourself and other people. No, I think not. And in fact, if you're at all familiar with anything in quantum physics, you realize that there's a scientific base for this oneness. Yes. Um, there's a scientific base for this. And, and Dr. Savage tied all of this together. And he, he really didn't look at this as particularly a religious or a spiritual book either. And he quoted... Yeah, the Dalai Lama, he quoted scientists, he quoted people who do more spiritually oriented writing. But the principles apply. If you want to be happy, do good things to other people. Your belief system doesn't have to dictate that. Just just as Nike says, just do it. Um, And you'll you'll know the rewards. Yes. Um, Dr. Savage came to the subject uh, from a Christian point of view. Uh, Jesus uh, taught his followers uh, to treat other people with love, to love their fellow man. Um, and that's, that's what brought Dr. Savage to, to this point of view, thanks, thanks to the upbringing that he received from his parents. Um, but treating other people well uh, is, is not solely a Christian idea. I mean, it's essentially at the root of every religious system that that has ever been practiced. They all say the same thing, which is treat other people well. It's a part of what we need to do because we're human. Yes. And that's why even non... uh, Secular philosophies, every secular philosophy has said the same thing. Treat other people well. Treat other people well, and, and that's on that a pretty note, big coincidence. That's yes, it is. And on that big coincidence note, we're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon saying, "Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Self Improvement Show." Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. Today we're talking to Eli Chiaviello, who's the right-hand man to Dr. Lester Savage, who's written a wonderful book called Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love. Eli was very involved in writing this book and very involved uh, helping Dr. Lester Savage. Dr. Savage was holistic. He worked with, you know... The whole person, you know, he took care of the heart. He was a heart surgeon, but he didn't just look at the heart. What was his idea of optimal health? Optimal health has three components in Dr. Savage's view and in my own. Um, There's physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. And Dr. Savage always felt that... While strictly speaking, his his job that his patients most expected from him was dealing with their physical health, uh, he felt that he couldn't deal with a patient's physical health as fully as he as they deserved and as he wanted without addressing uh, their mental health and their spiritual health, um, and so that's. That's Dr. Savage's uh, guiding light through his career was treat. He he wasn't just interested in bringing his patients to the best physical health that he could get them. He wanted them to be have optimal health, and to do that, he asked. He essentially interviewed each of his patients as part of his their preparation for surgery to find out why they why they wanted to live, what they were living for, what they expected to do with the rest of their lives, um, their purpose in, in having surgery and in extending their lives, and really what what was most meaningful to them. And he did this so that he could be assured that his patients would have the best long-term outcomes. And most of them lived 20, 30, 40 years following their surgeries, um, and also because that was the best way that he could, that he was aware of that he could tend to their, their mental health and to their spiritual health by having those conversations and letting, making sure that his patients knew that he wanted all the best for them, not just for their hearts. What did he do when somebody replied, like, Joe, I don't know whether I believe in God or not, or I don't believe in God. What did Dr. Savage do with that? He, he accepted it and moved on. His his purpose was never to try and convince anybody what they should believe or, or what they shouldn't believe. Uh, his purpose was always 
to get his patients thinking about the questions. Yeah, go ahead. That, well, that's that's the important thing, uh, I believe, and I, I think Dr. Sarazwiz is not necessarily coming to the same answers or the same conclusions that he came to, but to ask the questions. Did he think that a person who did not feel loved could heal properly from heart surgery? Well, I don't think it's so much about... Uh, being loved as loving. Um, Dr. Savage's uh, focus was not, never on trying to convince his patients that they were loved, uh, as convince his patients that loving other people was important. Did he think that unhappiness, um, you know, emotional distress, um, the, some of the traumas that we go through, especially with relationships, was often the seat of heart problems that required surgical intervention. Now, I'm saying, you know, does he think that our, our emotions sometimes can, can literally give us a broken heart? Well, I'm not sure that, I, I'm not sure of that. Um, I haven't, uh, I confess I haven't specifically discussed that with him. But I can say that in, in Dr. Savage's experience, people who are unhappy and, and feel unloved and, and don't have, uh, uh, the, don't feel the power of love working through them, tended not to have the best physical results after their surgeries. No, I would love it if you'd ask him that question and let me know because it seems to me that there is some kind of a connection. Well, absolutely, absolutely. If you if you're if you're happier, then your body has more motivation to to fix itself and to stay fixed. Absolutely, and it runs all the chemicals that it needs to run to to keep you healthy or to to get you well. Uh, the body is such a powerful, um, I want to say machine, but we're not a machine at all. We have everything we need to stay healthy if we, if we just use it. One of the things he loved, and we really don't have time to talk about it, is the prayer of St. Francis. And he said it every single day and encouraged people to do so. And it's absolutely a stunning prayer. And if you don't know it, I encourage you to look it up on the Internet the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, it's, it's um, incredibly meaningful for us in our time as well as it was then. And I, I, we ended the last show with Eli with it, but today we don't have time to do that. Dr. Savage gave you the words he wanted you to say to to, you know, when I ask the question, what is the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? What did Dr. Savage say for our listeners, Eli? Pardon me, Irene. I want to say this slowly so that everybody can hear it. If you want to be happy, live a life of love and change the world. <sighs> say it again. If you want to be happy... Live a life of love and change the world. 
Next week's guest is Robin Marvel, a motivational speaker and author of five books, Abused as a Child, Pregnant at 15. She has dedicated her life to helping others, and she's going to share her thoughts about this. Um, she's got a lot of good things to say. I, I don't know how we can say better than what Dr. Savage left us with. Eli, thank you so much, and thanks to Dr. Savage for being such an amazing man. Thank you, Irene. Next week, come back for more of the Self-Improvement Show. We'll be right here at 1 o'clock. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.